Good morning and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall, co-founder of MOI, Making Work Absolutely Human. And this week I am delighted, as always, to be joined by James Hancock, our MOI leader in the USA. Good morning, James. Hi there. Good morning slash evening. Nice to be here. Really excited about this one. <laughs> yeah. So today, yeah, and I know why. So today is our mutual obsession, which is belonging. And this week, we're going to take a really different tack because normally what we talk about is uh, what is belonging, how do you build it, and specifically, it's the things in behind it and how you can get that into an organization, into a team, into your relationships. But this morning, we want to talk much differently. And we want to talk about a beautiful article you wrote this week about a man in a park who gave you, and he's you're the expert in the topic, remembering we've been working on this for so many years now, but he gave you a real lesson. And I just love the article so much. I'd love you to talk about it first. Yeah. And it happened unexpectedly. And I'm not really one to um, look at the stars to tell me what to do or anything like that. But I think in this case, it sort of happened for a reason, I think. And so it's a recollection of a real life event. I think for so long we've been looking at belonging and bringing it to life and finding different ways of thinking about it, et cetera, and bringing all of that to life. Um, it was really cool to be reminded of what belonging means and more importantly, what it feels like and how relatively easy that can be to do if you're willing to make the time to do it. So it was just a Monday morning walk. For some reason I went to the park. Part of it was a great cup of coffee nearby. I stopped to sit, I was reading my emails, I was reading some silly news, some relevant news, work stuff, everything in between, and was a little too busy to initially talk to Bill, uh, the guy that I met, but then uh, saw the way he interacted with people and built community, built belonging. To a person with the designer poodle walking by, to a fellow buddy who was also homeless and offering them help and a bowl of water he had and things like that. And I think, the effort that he made uh, goes a long way to explaining how belonging works. And I think when you're willing to uh, put yourself out there to create belonging, that's necessary. And the way I've sort of framed it in the end in the article, because I've been watching too much Umbrella Academy, it's not a plug for that, but it is a great show. Um, <laughs> it's basically, it's a superpower. But unlike most superpowers, belonging is one we can all use if we're willing to take the mission on. And I think that that was what for me was so powerful in the article is um, we think about belonging as something that's just this fundamental human need that we all really want and search for and seek our whole lives. And, and when we get it, we love it and we feel more confident and trust more and we really put ourselves out there more. But what this is talking about is someone who gets up every morning and has to work hard to find this space where they belong. And does yeah. it in a way that then creates it for everybody else. And I just thought it does show that it's not this individual thing. It's not this belonging is all about me. It's belonging is about what I can give to you too. Yeah, totally agree. And even when you don't necessarily have much or anything at all yourself, um, the night before Bill, uh, in Philly, I think it happens in Philly, um, uh, he was excited to sleep in a train station undercover and to not be um, moved on. And he was still thinking about belonging community, what he could do for other people, how he could change someone's day, how waving at someone or a smile, uh, it brought warmth to their day, which is just, I think, quite incredible. I feel changed having met Bill. I know it sounds like, but that's the impact it can have. 
And, and he's sort of got to a point where he's doing that without ego or agenda or trying to get ahead or anything else. This is just the basic fight for a human right to fit in, to belong, to have someone to talk to, to have someone to share a bench and a coffee with. And it's just so fundamental to who we are. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and like, I just, I can't get over the fact how easy it is to do, but how much I feel like we grapple with doing it whether it's build a stranger or whether it's someone at work that we, you know, just, we got to make time to do it. It's something we all have in our control and we can, it needn't be big and make sure that it's not. <laughs> it's basically it. Like and I think it's so important. Yeah. And that's that theme that belonging isn't just about you and what you need. It's also about what you can create for others. And it did remind me as I was reading the article, which, you know, as I said, I really loved is there's that line at the very end of Mother Teresa's biography and someone will correct me and I won't have quite the right words, but this is very close to this. She basically said that everything she did for others, she basically says exactly like this. Everything I did for others, I did for myself because it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a woman who lived a life in service, a life in doing just for others, in sacrificing everything she had herself for others. And I thought that was such a powerful way to end something. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love that one. I think I, I, not, I not, can't remember the exact quote, but the sentiment and everything is spot on and couldn't agree more. Um, if you think about it, that sort of isn't doing someone else. It makes sense. It's been there for as long as we've been around and before that many, 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 many thousands of years back. Um, I think it's huge for work. And I think when we think about that and, and link it back, I was thinking really hard, like it's, it's really cool. I like telling a story, maybe too long winded, but, um, but <laughs> no, <it's> what, <laughs> what can we do and take it back to work? So I reckon I sort of put four little notes down on the page ahead of the podcast for what I think this is. So I think for linking it back to work, you heard one of them already. I let the cat out of the bag. Belonging is a superpower we can all use. And it's yep. a superpower because like we think invisible, a superpower that would be so what if i could do that it would be cool but not everyone has it in anything you watch this one we all literally have in our control to do something with it and that's a pretty powerful superpower um second one it's a bit cute but i think that it's kind of right the second one is it's not actually that hard but it does take a constant and conscious sort of mindset to it so i would say normally I've got a pretty switched on mindset on belonging for that day, that day in that context, whatever reason I didn't, but it was brought back for me by someone else. So if that can happen to me, I can do that for someone else. And so can you, I think that's really important, but yeah. there is a consciousness to that. Uh, goes to one point, the onus is on you and not them. And I write a lot about that uh, in, the, in the article this week. Um, so that's the mindset to make it work. And the final one, and it sounds, most positive that I've ever been and it absolutely is that it, and I believe it I can't really think of a context where I don't is if we really get to know someone it's hard not to like them yeah 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 that's I that's um something I always when I'm coaching people or mentoring them as I always say um once you know someone's story it's hard not to like them yeah I feel I, I knew somehow the words weren't mine but I <laughs> I think it's spot on. I think it's absolutely spot on. That's so beautiful. So you've got a combination of it's a superpower. We've all got it. We have to bring it to consciousness. It is about our amazing impact that we can have on other people. 
And um, it is about the fact that once you, you are open to someone, there's something you can do. And we've also talked, you and I, a lot about the fact that it doesn't take much information. Like most of us come to work and if we find out what compromise or what small thing is important to the person next to us, um, whether it be on Zoom or whether it be physically, um, then we make that accommodation. We go, that's important to you. You know that I remember your birthday, then I'll remember your birthday because that's an important thing. If it's more important to you that I buy your coffee on Mondays, I'll do that too. Like we tend to want to do the things that make other people feel they belong if, we, if we're in the right mindset to do it. Got the generosity sort of open to others. Yeah, open to others. And I think um, uh, I, I'm so pro-humanity and humans, obviously, but uh, I honestly don't think as soon as, we, as soon as we sign up to a contract where we know something about someone, where we promise to do something or know that they would appreciate it, then more often than not, pending barriers, something really untoward, like we're going to do it, we're going to show up for them. I honestly believe that. Uh, I think it holds most of the time. Uh, you know, an example chatting to Bill, uh, again, amazing, amazing person was, hey, I know Rhonda in the park. She said hi to me. And this is literally the play-by-play -play Bill was giving me, uh, knowing people's names. And people looked at him shocked sometimes, like, huh, we had one chat three weeks ago and you remembered. <laughs> it changed their outlook. Uh, he'll also remember people that have done that. So things like, I remember Rhonda, you know, a few weeks back was able to help me out a little bit with, you know, a cup of coffee, whatever. Um, really appreciate that. Like, you know, I know, and he knew that people might not be able to help him every time and that it was sort of shared and other responsibility. I thought it's pretty much spot on. But again, it's, he showed that appreciation that everyone is able to create belonging. Yeah. And, and we've, talked, we've talked a lot about why it matters and that, that feeling we're in it together and our impact on other people. And, and so it's really come to light a lot. And we've had a lot of these conversations most recently because people are saying they no longer go to work. And then there's this debate in pick up any media, it doesn't really matter, about, oh, are you more productive in your home by yourself? Or are you more productive at a group setting in an office or something? And the answer is, it ain't about you. <laughs> it's yeah, just right. not about you. <laughs> and, and it's that way that thinking about work is just... There's a, there's a big blob of work. I take a piece out and I do it on my own in the dining room table and then I put it back into the system and I measure how fast I could do it. That's called productivity. But the reality is that very, very yeah. few of us, and I heard it described beautifully this week by one of our clients, is very few of us work in that incredibly linear way, just doing our little piece very, very efficiently and productively alone at home and then handing it back into the system. We actually have another role, which is much more integrated and collective than that, where we don't just do our work quickly, but we teach, we learn, we help, we support, we laugh, we banter, we drink coffee. We impact on other people's confidence. We impact on their trust. We impact on their ability to do the things they can do really, really well. And that's coming together as great work. It's not just, can I do my work fast, but actually, can I impact you to do your work in a really great way as well? Yeah, right. And it's so... It's so contingent on so many factors. Like I think maybe the productivity one was to work years ago if the work didn't change so constantly and quickly and evolve and project by project or whatever the work is. Uh, in, I can't think of many industries that are purely production driven or product, even in production driven, you know that things happen better when teams cross pollinate, etc. Uh, yeah, very you're clear. on the assembly line. <laughs> yeah, very, very clear that things break down if it's if it's sort of key person reliant and things like that so 
I couldn't agree more. I think it's massive. Uh, I think the other one that's come up, if it's right for me to in is people um, absolutely frame it in me. That's one. The other one is people are like wary and, and I'm wary about how you keep creating belonging now that we're all working a little differently, at least for the time being, at least here in the States. And I know increasingly back home in Australia, particularly places like Victoria, but is how do you do it? How do you create that in informal setting, not too formal when you're on a Zoom meeting or whatever, it's quite formal, but how do you create belonging? Like I, I think for me, the things are, it, it can be really small. It can be the Slack message, which is like, how are you going? I know it was your anniversary like last week or whatever it is, something, but it's to show thinking about us, not yourself. It seems really minor, but we can be so bad at it. And, as humans, and, and, it is, and we can also be really good at it. And back to that point of consciousness that you talked about, when we talk about how do you create it for other people, for creating every single person in the team, if every single person in the team feels like they belong, then they can all give their best. They're all confident. They all trust more. They all collaborate more easily. There's a whole bunch of flow on effects instantly, but it is about every single one of us looking at the other person. I'm not saying I give you permission to turn up whole or whatever that old sort of saying was. Oh, yeah, bring your um, whole self to work. Bring yeah, your whole self to work. It's actually about the expectations that you'll come and you'll bring your best and you'll, you'll give it everything you've got. And when we're accountable to each other to do that, including how we get along with each other and create space for other people to feel like they belong, we end up creating a really fantastic a flow, um, whether it be a team, whether it be an organisation. You create a place where people can give it their best shot and it is a competitive advantage if you're purely into the business speak that is unbeatable. It's absolutely unbeatable. You, you, no one can match it when you've got a whole team of people who go, we're on the same page, got each other's back, we're going with this. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, totally agree. <laughs> so what I would say, thank you so much, James, and thank you so much for that article. It's a very heartfelt article and a very beautiful, and it's a perfect example of James Hancock and his storytelling best. Um, I absolutely loved it. And if you haven't read it, it is in our newsletter this week and will be on our website. Um, what did you end up calling it? Uh, I left it pretty simple because I think um, title distract. It was simply longing in the park. Longing in the park. That's what you're looking for. I'm going to share it everywhere so everyone will see it from me too. Um, thank you so much for being on the call late at night. Uh, have a, a really lovely evening. <laughs> uh, everyone who's been listening to the podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, then it's team at moi.live or www.moi.live. Uh, and in the meantime, we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you and a big moi from us.